Our altar table looks a little bit different today because last night uh, we celebrated the wedding of Ashby Davis and Briley Smith, and it was a beautiful wedding, and it was just, you know, uh, uh, when, when you know a couple genuinely loves each other, the sermon writes itself for, for those uh, occasions, and I'm so thankful that they found each other and they've started this life together, and we are thankful that Asbury is their home. So that's why uh, the cross is absolutely gorgeous today. So next time you see Briley and Ashby, give them a high five uh, for uh, taking this next step in their relationship and the way that they share God's love with the world. Today we're talking about prayer, and our scripture lesson uh, is, it, well, it'll sound familiar, but it's a little bit different than you might imagine, so I encourage you to listen with fresh ears as Jesus details what we call the Lord's Prayer from the Gospel of Luke. Our reading is from the Gospel of Luke, the 11th chapter. It will be uh, uh, on the screens, it will be online, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, may your name be revered as holy. May your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything out of friendship, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asked for a fish, would give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asked for an egg, would give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, ouch, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It was Thanksgiving 2013 when everything changed. Now, we always, as a family, we gather in Ocean Springs, sorry, Ocean Springs, Mississippi, uh, from my mother's side of the family. Oh, hey. Okay. Uh, thank you. <laughs> okay. It's not unnerving at all. Okay, cool. Thank you. I appreciate that, guys. So in Ocean, Ocean Springs, Mississippi, we gather for Thanksgiving. And now the day started typical as it does. Like the kids were outside playing, and there was football inside, and 
Ole Miss fans did not sit with Mississippi State fans who did not sit with LSU fans. The day had started typically enough. I was designated to give the prayer, as I always am, because I'm the clergy of the family. That's not entirely true. So every year they ask me to say the prayer at Thanksgiving, and I both love it and also hate it. So I don't love it because anyone can pray. You don't have to have a collar to pray. You don't have to be the divinity school graduate to pray. If you follow these five, are you ready for this? If you follow these five steps, you'll be able to pray like a pro. Are you ready for this? Number one, adjective for God. Number two, what has God done or what is God doing? So some activity of God. Number three, what are you asking for? What do you need? Number four, why are you asking for it? And number five, bring it home with a solid amen. Right? Very simple. So let's try this. Can we try this in real time? Okay, so it's an activity of God, an adjective for God. What do you want? Why do you want it? And land the plane with an amen. So, for example, for Thanksgiving, when your grandmother asks you to pray at Thanksgiving, follow these five easy steps. Number one, gracious God, who makes the rain to fall upon the earth, bless this food for the nourishment of our bodies. Amen. And people will look at you. Yes! People will look at you like the halo is glowing. Right? And you can doctor it up, too. Like, you can make it fancy, like with the amen. You can say, you can just say amen. You can say, in Jesus' name. Or you can say, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy... And if you're feeling, like, particularly Christian, you could say, as the collect is every day... I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Right? And people will be in awe of you. So, on the one hand, I don't like it because everyone can pray, and they always look to me to pray, and that's fine. But I also kind of love it. I also kind of love it that they ask me to pray because my cousin is a pastor in the Primitive Baptist Church, and they never ask him to pray. And it burns his biscuits, man. Oh, it burns his biscuits. I love it, man. Because every time I have a book, I have a new book out. It's called Jesus Revealed. Uh, You can actually pick one up here today. It's going to be our October worship series. But every time a book comes out that I've written, my great aunt asks him, have you read your cousin Matthew's books? And he always says, I do not agree with the cultural appropriation of the gospel. So no, ma'am, I have not read Matthew's books. Now, we have a tradition. We have a tradition at Thanksgiving, and it's called the Tiger Rag. So it's it's a game between LSU and Mississippi State. Like, whoever wins that year in college football gets to keep the Tiger Rag, right? So every year for Thanksgiving, have you read Matthew's book? I do not agree with the cultural appropriation of the gospel, so no, ma'am. I have not read Cousin Matthew's books. So what do I do? I just take out and dry my tears with the tiger rag that he will never possess. (laughs) Prayer. (laughs) Sometimes it can be lots of fun. But that day, everything changed, and it sent shockwaves through the family. You see, I went through the line, and instead of of choosing my grandmother's fresh 
homemade, by hand, cranberry sauce. I chose the sauce, right? You know what I'm talking about, like the kind of money don't jiggle, jiggle. like it jiggles, it has this like kind of like, it still has the shape of the can. So you like, you doctor it up, you fancy it up, you like cut it into slices as if it needs to be cut into slices and you like spread it out and like garnish it with something like, and I went through the line and I chose canned cranberry sauce and just kept walking and you would have thought that I kicked over the nativity like my grandmother just so when I go to sit at the kids table I'm 43 I still sit at the kids table because you know Thanksgiving everyone has a rank right you know there's you know, sitting at the right hand of the father haven't made it yet. I'm still at the kids' table. So I'm going to the kids' table, and my mother's like, you go back in the line, and you go get your grandmother. Like, don't tell me what to do, Mom. I'm like, no, you go back. So you go, and you make, you know, and I, my grandmother, her name was Avis Henson. So I, of course, I get like the fresh, you know, mmm, Miss Avis, thank you so much for your fresh cranberry sauce. And I never understood why that was so offensive. Because at first I'm like, what's the big deal? It's cranberry sauce. Right? Well, until one day, one of my daughters, who will remain nameless, had a sleepover at a friend's house. The next day, we had spaghetti for dinner. And my daughter said, Dad, can you make spaghetti like my friend's mom makes spaghetti? No, I cannot. Because I know she just opened a jar of Prego. And this is homemade. I smell, oh. Now I get it. Prayer. It's a funny thing. Do we, when we pray, do we have this eloquent, homemade, fresh cranberry sauce kind of a prayer? Or do we settle for the kind of cranberry sauce kind of prayer? It says in our scripture lesson, I love this. It says, one of the disciples who shall remain nameless... It doesn't give a name. I love it. One of the disciples asks Jesus. He doesn't ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, can you teach us to pray? He says, can you teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray? It's kind of like, hey, can you make spaghetti like my friend's mom makes spaghetti, right? So it's this very interesting. One of the disciples who shall remain nameless Jesus, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray. So Jesus says, okay. And then Jesus gives a prayer that is neither formal nor eloquent and is very brief, almost terse, almost impolite. This prayer is very... Now, uh, uh, we, like during the great Thanksgiving when we gather for communion, we doctor our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, as, which is akin to Matthew's recollection in Matthew's gospel, the way that Matthew records the Lord's Prayer. Not so in the gospel of Luke. Jesus gives a very short, Father, may your name be revered as holy, may your kingdom come. Give us our daily bread, Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us in the time of trial. Short, terse, almost impolite. 
is his reaction. And we know this because they must have been shocked, kind of like when you didn't choose the fresh cranberry sauce and you see your grandmother's face. They must have been shocked because Jesus then, for two paragraphs, goes on to explain why the prayer is the way it is. They must have been surprised. They must have been suspecting that John taught his disciples to pray these eloquent, flowing... One of my friends in ministry, his name is Jack O'Dell, Anytime anyone had a prayer that he thought went a little too long, he would always whisper to me, he ain't current. And what he means by that is, when you're not current in your prayer life, you tend to want to cram everything in if you're praying publicly, right? I love it. When a prayer would go too long, he'd lean over, he ain't current, right? Jesus is current, right? It's a short, it's brief, it's to the point, it's almost impolite. When you pray, say this. And I imagine it shocked them because of its informality. And it reminds me of one of my favorite videos of all time of Cecilia, my daughter. We call her Lady C, Lady Cecilia, right? She's the blue blood of the family. And every night we have a prayer. Uh, It goes, gracious God, thank you for this night so I can rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And this is her interpretation of it, and wait until the end. Play it again, play it again, this is great. Gracious God, thank you for this night so I can rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And then she did this like beautiful liturgical something or other. And then she just kind of like, hmm? Like, what's, what's supposed to happen now? I love that. What's, I love that. With prayer, what is supposed to happen now? Now that we have prayed, what's supposed to happen next? What's supposed to happen now? In this prayer, when Jesus says, Father, your name is holy, may your kingdom come. But immediately after recognizing that God is holy, and that God is divine. Immediately, Jesus makes demands. Give us bread. Because you are holy, give us what we need. There is no magic word in that prayer. Jesus doesn't say, please. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us. God, you are holy. Your kingdom, we pray that your kingdom come. So forgive us. And in Luke, it's not as polite as in Matthew. In Matthew, it's forgive us for our trespasses as we have forgiven those who have trespassed against us, right? So it's forgive us to the measure that we will forgive others. Not in Luke's version. Luke's version assumes that you have already forgiven someone. Forgive our debts. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. Mm. Do we? Mm. God, you are holy, therefore give. God, you are holy, therefore forgive. God, you are holy, therefore deliver us from the time of trial. It's a bold prayer. It's a bold prayer. Jesus isn't polite. He doesn't say, pretty please, if we have earned it. 
And if we are humble enough, he says, God, you are holy, therefore give us, forgive us, and deliver us. And again, you can imagine that the disciples were like, whoa. Because Jesus then goes on to say and explain, okay, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, don't bother me. (laughs) The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything out of friendship, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So it's not like you don't have to like it. You don't have to be his friend. In fact, wait a minute, I thought we were friends. Who's this schmo that you're entertaining that I don't know, right? He doesn't get up and help him out of friendship, but he does get up and help him out of persistence. And that word persistence is more akin to shamelessness. The person asking on the other side of the door is shameless. And there's not much of a discussion of, do you really need this now? Can this wait until morning? You said three loves. Do you really need five, one, two, five, six, three? Because there's sometimes when you don't need to ask questions. If you're a parent of a teenager, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes, at some day, some point, you're going to get a phone call and you need to go and pick someone up. No questions asked. You're not doing it out of friendship. You're not doing it because you like it. You're doing it because they need you. You might want to ask 100 questions, but you reach out and you do it anyway. And he does it because of this shamelessness of the person knocking has. Let's talk about shame for a second. Shame becomes obvious when you ask someone to publicly pray. Have you ever been in a room where you're about to sit down for a meal and then some jerk of a pastor says, does anyone like to, would anyone like to lead us in prayer for the meal? What happens? The opposite of a staring contest is what happens, right? You check your watch, you check your, your slacks, you know, you check the weather, you know, and there's this weird, and almost every time, there's this weird, like, awkward, like, nine seconds of silence before someone says, I'll pray, right? As if, like, they drew a short straw, right? And says, I love, you know, would someone lead us in prayer? I'll pray, right? <laughs> that reaction stems from some kind of shame that we all carry. What if I lead us in prayer and I'm not eloquent? What if I lead us in prayer and I trip over my words? What if I lead us in prayer and I say something I shouldn't? What if I lead us in prayer and just people aren't, they they don't get what I'm praying or or I I pray too long or, oh my God, what, what if I pray too short? Why do we care what they think of your prayer? Why are we afraid to have that conversation. Why are you ashamed? Will someone lead us in prayer? Oh, God. That stems from, oh, my God, what are they going to think? 
what Jesus is saying, it's the shameless one that found what he needed. So put shame down. Knock. Ask. Open the door. Move. Barter. Argue. This text is not about getting everything you want. It's about having the shamelessness to ask and to knock and to move and to barter and to argue. This prayer, this Lord's Prayer, is full of verbs. Give. Forgive. Right? Give us what we need. Forgive us for our sins. Deliver us. What Jesus is saying is that when you pray, let it be littered with action. And not only that, but action that you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, are willing to also take. It's a bit of a tough lesson, um, but I've said it before. Uh, Jesus isn't Superman. What I mean by that is, Superman, if things get really, really bad, then Superman will swoop in and fix it. And then we can give thanks for Superman. That means Superman is a crutch. If things get really bad, the son of Krypton will help, right? No, what Jesus says at the end of our text here, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit who asks of him? The Holy Spirit is the engine that powers our service, that powers our discipleship, that gives us the courage to bring hope, build faith, and reach out with love. He's not saying sit idly by and pray for God to do something on your behalf. No. May the Holy Spirit be gifted to me so that I can be the answer of the prayer that I am praying. Gracious God, may those who are hungry in Bozier find food and inspire me to serve it. Gracious God, may, may there be an end of violence in our city and inspire me and us to find solutions for peace. It is not about... It's, it's not about putting in a, a, a quarter and pulling a lever and, like, winning the jackpot. It is about getting a quarter and giving it to someone who needs it. Peace be with you. The prayer is littered with verbs, littered with action, and it has to be action that we are willing to take ourselves. And God will not leave us orphaned. If there is something on your heart, is there, if there's a prayer, if there's a desire, are you asking, are you knocking, are you seeking? Yes, please, open the door, move, barter, argue, do all these things. If there's something churning inside of you, and, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, have the courage to take that step to be the answer to that prayer. It's one of the reasons why I love that we're collecting school supplies for schools. We can pray all day. We want our schools to be better. We want our children to thrive. We want these things to happen. Well, then let us go collect school supplies so that all children in our city, all children in our city, have what they need to be successful and to thrive. Our prayer must be accompanied with action. Be the answer to the prayer that you are searching for. 
Prayers don't have to be complex. Stay current. Prayers don't have to be long. Or li- Jesus did not ask the disciples to be witty or clever or entertaining with their prayer. If you really want, all right, so if you really want to know a good prayer, a good short prayer that is effective every time, it's really only three words. Please and thank you. Please, God, give us the courage to equip every child for success. And thank you for leading us where no one else would go. Please, God, may there be no hungry in our city. And thank you for helping us with our food pantry and offering solutions in the world. Please, thank you, is a mighty fine prayer. May we be inspired by the Holy Spirit to knock, seek, ask, barter, argue, do whatever it need, what needs to be done for this kingdom to be on earth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. God, please. And God, thank you.